0: we Good morning, pod people. <gasps> he's so chill this morning. Oh, I
1: know. He didn't do the whole thing.
0: <laughs> Reserved, I would call that, because he's just a bundle of energy. Mm-hmm. It's called tired. That's what that's called. A that bundle of tired energy is what I meant. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, I'm not very perceptive. <laughs> I mean, I have some energy.
2: I just drank some
0: caffeine. Caffeine. Yeah, good. we're bang brothers. We both have the same
2: but bang. You see,
1: when Michael walked in saying you that, and I was like, Michael, that not the that. Is that. Don't term that? For I don't
2: think you hear the words that are coming out of your mouth. We and it on air. Yeah, I tried to I, stop him. And
0: we're bros. Ooh, we're bang bros. Oh, no. Oh is that not the <laughs> That's proper I mean, nomenclature. I
1: was the problem it was too long. Oh, okay. So you fixed it. That's what now. Yeah.
2: That's not better. <laughs> not better. It's <laughs> my favorite line in that uh uh Lonely Island song. Are you No, you can okay, never mind.
1: I mean, we know Lonely Island, but Lonely Island I'm Lonely Island Boys
2: Lo- the No, the, the Lonely Island, they're the ones that comedians yeah, that the do this. Yeah, Lonely Island They boys. do the... Uh, are they boys? I'm on a boat. They do a lot
1: of stuff. Yeah,
2: they do... No, the one, uh, the Captain Sparrow, have you heard that song? No.
1: No.
2: Yo, it's so funny. So Michael Bolton is, sings the song with them, and he's supposed to sing the hook, and they're doing like this rap song, and they're like doing this real heavy hip hop beat, and they're like rapping, and then it's a, send, they kick it over to Michael Bolton, and he starts singing this like big thing about... He just watched... Jack Sparrow. Mm -hmm. And he starts singing this awesome thing about Jack Sparrow. And they're like, what are you singing? Stop. And then and they're like, in the rap, they're like, go back into the verse. And he's like, like, can you do something? He's like, all right, check this. And he starts singing about Forrest Gump. And the the guy's like, not better.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I've not heard this one.
2: Yeah, that one's funny. We'll listen to it later. So welcome, pod people. Is this better if I get a little loud and obnoxious? It helps, I guess. Thanks for joining us for another week of Finding My Fit at 40. I
0: mean, but I guess you already knew that's what it was because you chose to tune in. listen
2: again today. Unless in.
0: this is a first-time listener, and thank you for stopping by. Thanks for hanging out with us. You can live here now.
2: You can <laughs> Move live on here. in, baby. So
0: <laughs> we've got a fun episode today. We're going to try
2: and talk about some... We talk about fitness all the time. We talk about things, wellness, kind of in general... But on the fitness side of things, we talk about things like dieting and bulking and maintenance. But how do you know and when should you be shifting between these different stages? I think
1: that's a good question, right? Like even as someone who has been working out for some time, I have a hard time with that. Like when should I be bulking? When should I be cutting? When should I be maintaining? and how best to do those things. Like, I think those are subjects that everyone generally understands what the concept is, but how do you do it?
2: And what exactly are those things? So we can't go super in-depth on the, each individual stage because that would be multiple podcasts in its own, and maybe we'll do those specifically. But I wanted to kind of... We, we wanted to get a kind of an overview out to you guys of the different stages, what they kind of are, uh, again, because it's good to hear all these things again sure, and remind yeah. yourself what to do, because <laughs> as... Anybody who's been listening to the pod, you guys know that I went through a big dieting phase, and now I'm kind of in a maintenance phase that I just have kind of chosen to be in. And even knowing that I did made that choice, it's still like you forget things about it. I just found out, I, I, and it's probably not even that I just found out. Mike tells me shit all the time. It's just so much <laughs> it's in information. There yeah, it's, in there. it's so much information. There's so much to learn that you just haven't learned over the course of your life that gets thrown at you when you get into this journey that you just don't remember all of it and pieces of it are gone. But one of the things that I took out of our episode and our discussion, I believe, last week was that eating now in maintenance, I don't have to have quite as high a protein intake. Mm-hmm. I was unaware. He can of that. be taught. I know. Yeah. I remember He from does listen to you, Mike. <laughs> yeah. Not all the time. Just sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so, so I think
1: that's a good example, right? Like, yeah, exactly. Every one of these phases, even even maintenance, which seems like it should be the logically easiest one, and it's often not. Um, you know, how do you do that? How do you bulk? How much do you bulk? How much more do you eat to bulk? And like, there's also like different types of bulking, right? Because you can just bulk heavy. And not really care right. so much. A lot of people
0: <laughs> do that just to make sure they they quote unquote leave no gains on the table, which is a safe route to squeeze out every bit of muscle your body wants to convert. Yeah. But you're also
1: putting on fat. Out, yeah. You're yeah.
0: outpacing your body's maximum muscular potential. All that food does not get turned into muscle at that point. Yeah. So, then, I guess this is our first tangent.
2: Is that so? I'm, I'm thinking of. It's not. I mean, we're still on track. This is, this is not tangential. <laughs> I'm thinking about like, uh, like lifters, power lifters, yeah. or not even. I
0: guess like strong like men. Strong men. Yeah, that's what I was looking for. The, the
1: big boys. Yeah,
0: because I, I think even the the power lifters are changing a little bit. You start. You're starting to see a lot. Well, you're starting to see more, uh, well muscled and lean power lifters because it keeps them in a lower weight class, but the muscle they're putting on is still very very strong and athletic. So. The, the strong men, you're right, they yeah. tend to be much, much heavier. Dudes, yeah.
2: But I would feel, dude, so is it better? I don't know. I don't really know how to answer to ask what I'm thinking. Are you asking so about a health I'm,
0: aspect either? No,
2: one? I'm asking is it better for the, their overall strength? If they diet down, then again, or because they all seem like they're all like hefty dudes, right. they're like that it's bulking not,
1: all the time. Yeah,
2: <laughs> like I—I yeah. I mean, we talk about it all the time. I, I we watch that Eddie Hall documentary was,
0: that was about one I was about to bring up. Like, he
2: said he was eating ten thousand calories a day. It was a lot of food. It that sounds enough. like
0: so much fun to me. But if you if you <laughs> watch the rest of that documentary too, like he was full on CPAP, he didn't feel great often. Like you, he's carrying yeah. around. So much extra mass. And I think a lot of people miss, and this is, this is again, where we always touch on, on health at every size, but you, your body is not meant to have a tremendous amount of the survival tissue when you are not in famine. So to have 30, 40, 50, which powerlifters power aren't going to have 40 or 50% body fat, maybe close to 40, but it's a tremendous amount of extra tissue that does nothing for, the for you the strongman you
2: think it's like how, that how no, high they, they probably part?
0: don't because they actually have much larger muscles than you give them credit for i had cited a couple studies um henselman again puts this stuff out where they they did a study comparing uh scans of of major power lifters versus um bodybuilders and so the musculature the-, like the muscle size was very similar mm-hmm. so strength transitions from muscle size and, and not always like when you're initially gaining strength you don't have to put on a bunch of size to, to eke out your body's potential and strength at that point. And it's often pretty impressive. But at a certain point, in order to get stronger, you have to have more muscle. And so there is it, that goes hand in hand. While on the same note, you can just train for muscle size and not strength. So you can have size with no muscle, but you can't have a tremendous amount of strength without putting on muscle as well. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, are you
1: wondering why, why, why don't the, they why the big, down? Why then? the big boys are so big? Yeah, what it? for lifting, it's a
0: leverage and mass thing. Like you're going to be able to move more weight the heavier you are.
1: Wait, what? Well, because you're already moving more weight all day doing everything.
2: Because I'm thinking just body <laughs> fat. Like if they have a higher percent of body fat, how? Uh, so, a, a standard strongman that you see, because they don't have to find abs, they don't have any of that. Right. They look like they have big old beer guts. It's not a big old beer gut, obviously. Yeah. But well, I mean, it's not not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but like, so why aren't strongmen Lear. more cut? Like, I, because I was thinking about this driving in the car actually today, this morning, when I was thinking about things that we were going to talk about. Uh, why is there such a difference in body appearance? Between bodybuilders and strongmen, when I feel like in the gym they're lifting the same kind of weight,
0: right? Yeah, not Like I think, I think, crap. Why am I spacing on his name? The Ronnie Coleman. I think Ronnie Coleman changed a lot of things, and and even Arnold had trained as a powerlifter prior to getting into bodybuilding. So those a couple of those guys really maintain some solid strength, but not all bodybuilders. ...lifted for strength. They're looking for volume, hypertrophy, hours in the gym, many, many sets. Yeah, so sets. that's what Mike
1: was saying a second ago, is that you can put on a good deal of muscle without putting on the same amount of strength. Correct. Whereas a, a strong man... Is training for strength. Correct. And
0: you can put Primarily. on muscle then by training for strength, and it's just, it's gonna be a little bit different. It's gonna be a little more dense musculature. Maybe I did um, It's what gonna, gonna be more that. capable of, of force production at that point as well. So it's just, it's traditional for for strong men to train like that. And I think there are even a couple now in, in strong men, and I don't have the names, I just feel like I've seen them, that are a little bit leaner, you know, not shredded yeah. by any means, because In order to be shredded, like we've talked about this before, in order to be shredded, you are sacrificing some muscle and connective tissue. Your body is is in a realm where it's like... Man, we could sure use some fat here. So we're gonna downregulate some hormones. We're gonna uh, your body's less likely to to maintain that strength and musculature yeah. without some serious dieting or without some serious testosterone replacement therapy at that point to maintain your lean body mass. I don't know if you know the answer to this question. <laughs> I probably do. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> but what that. what are the percentages of body
2: fat that are each zone of that. So like what you just said about like where you're shredded, I'm assuming that's like less than 10%. Once you have
0: 10% or below, I think it gets a lot harder closer to seven, but it's pretty much safe to assume you dip, Uh, below 10%, your body is now in a position where you just, you have to work really hard to maintain your abs. Like you're not eating out often. You're probably drinking, you know, no more than once or twice and still in a calorie deficit or at maintenance for, for the week. Um, you're still training hard and often to tell your body, no, no, we need this muscle and connective tissue. So for me personally, I like 10%. If I get down to 10%, it's not too hard to maintain. Um, I don't know that I've ever been, no, I've never been seven. I've probably been maybe nine percent at, at best. And yeah, think
1: about man, if you think about bodybuilders, wow. and they are just so, oh, so, so So what are they? They're like they're 3%, bodybuilders, 3%, male
0: bodybuilders? Right? Male bodybuilders are about three, somewhere between three and five percent. I think most oh, closer seems to five percent. so hard, but
1: yeah, I mean, those guys female, are so
0: lean. They, they are. And for a yeah. female to be just as shredded, they're closer 8% to the eight to 10 percent. mark so it's funny how how much of a difference the male and female bodies are in terms of how much body fat they carry Mm -hmm. like if you put a male and female together they look just as fucking shredded there's going to be about a four to five percent difference between the male to the female in body fat percentage Mm -hmm. and uh, what percentage is it that females
2: because don't they don't (laughs) they their period stops happening often they will
0: stop not not all of them uh the the Female bodybuilder, physique competitor that follows us. She did not lose her period dieting all the way down to stage. Nice. So that she's very fortunate as far as that goes. Most will, as they diet down into single digit body fat percentage or even close, will start to lose their periods at that point. And again, it's just a sign of we don't your your, your fat cells. A lot of people, and this is why I cringe when I hear or see about people getting liposuction. They're literally ripping out your fat cells and scooping that shit out. Your fat cells are an endocrine system of their own. Like they're putting out the hormones in your body and regulating hormones and metabolism and things like that to, to keep you healthy. So it's taking the time to decrease the size of the fat cell to get to a healthier range will still keep your endocrine system intact and keep you, know, you moving healthy as far as that goes. So by, by decreasing that much fat, your body is like, shit, Like we're in, we're in a danger zone here. Like, okay. we need to protect our body. We need to shut down your reproductive stuff because we don't need to be having sex right now. Ain't We're nobody definitely got are not time having a baby.
1: You're not carrying a yeah, child. You're not a, child. a baby at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Your, your
0: body's conserving energy when you get that lean. And so it gets harder and harder to maintain your muscle mass, which is why, as a strong man, um, and uh, even a powerlifting competitor, you don't want your body to go into that Rob Muscle zone ever. At all. Yeah. At all. So mm. where, what percentage then would you say that a strongman usually sits around This 50? is a little out of my That's element. Hard. No. That's
1: a hard guess, if right? Because those guys have a lot of muscle under there
0: they do but they also have a lot of body fat now i've quoted this I wonder be- if google knows i'm going to check while you talk do. i've quoted this before like if you have 12 to 15% body fat you have like a decent four pack coming in probably a blurred sixer um sixer <laughs> that would be closer to 12 though so you might have like a little bit of a four pack some abs are kind of coming in that's about your 12 to to 15ish percent range so anything above that, you're, you're just putting on more and more. I'd put them probably about the 25-plus percent range.
2: This, I mean, this is a quick Google, says they're about 10 to 12. Negative.
0: What? A number of strong men have 10 to 12, it says. That number might be one or two. That is a number.
1: That's true. There is <laughs>
0: zero chance that they have 10 to 12 percent. Because, again, that's six-pack with veins starting to creep in through your abs at about 10 percent.
2: Yeah, that sounds that does sound wrong. Um, yeah, so the standard. Okay, so so I I semi heard what you just said because I was googling. <laughs> That's like every so conversation we ever had. It is similar. <laughs> um, yeah, because I'm always googling in my brain. That's how that works. So <laughs> it's very convenient. <laughs> so what you're saying is so ten to fifteen, and then what is so going up like a standard dad bod like. We say that that's kind of where I'm at now. I weigh about 190 now. Um, I'm 5'7". Right. I weigh about 190. Um, what a body fat Is that like a 25? It's probably a safe guesstimate. Somewhere around there? Yeah. Which, where is the healthy zone on body fat percentage? Is, uh, for women, I think.
0: It,
1: uh, I think it really, honestly, it depends on where you carry your fat.
0: I mean that that does make a difference, right? Because like
1: if your fat is less around your like organs, organs and visceral section, that's that's, probably that's a
0: deep dive. They so were for deep for gen, in general terms, for you because you're absolutely right, Chrissy. Yeah. But in general terms, yeah. I think yeah. I want to say about 25% and below is considered healthy for women. Um, and for men, I want to say 20, 20 to 22-ish and below is still considered healthy. But you've got to also bear in mind that 70-plus percent of the population is overweight and or obese. So if we're digging into to averages and percentages, that stuff's going to get skewed a little bit too. Like if the majority of the population is fairly unhealthy, then it almost changes what science considers healthy at that point. Does that kind of make sense? Yeah, I get what you're saying.
2: It's like the curve on the test. Right. Yeah, if right. the if the high score is 100, you can't curve the test anywhere right. because, But but, yeah.
0: for, but for now the numbers are I have stood for quite some time like you're at, you're out of the range for, you know, insulin resistance, um, type 2 diabetes type stuff, negative health markers all cause mortality. Like you're being below those those body fat percentages, you're you're in an uh, okay spot.
2: So, here's I just looked up, um, according to the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, mm. that sounds very scientific. Super science Yeah. There are healthy body fat percentages based on your age. For people age 20 to 39, women should aim for 21 to 32% body fat. <laughs> men should have 8 to 19%. 8 to 19.
1: Cool. Wow.
2: Body oh, that's fat. an
0: interesting range for men. All right.
2: Eight to nineteen. So women, for they're men. like you.
0: You guys are all good. Up to a third of your body <laughs> is just fat. But men, we want looking like Greek gods. <laughs> Greek gods. Yes. For people forty to fifty-nine, which you know we're there.
2: Uh, some of us. Yeah. What? <laughs> I'm speaking for myself. Well, for people forty to fifty-nine, women should be twenty-three to thirty-three. So the difference is. 2% on the bottom end and 1% on the top end. And men should fall around 11 to 21. So now that you're in your 40s, Mike, you're not supposed
0: to be less than 11. <laughs> All right. Nor I'm gonna higher gonna go than 21 go eat a whole pizza when I get home. Ooh, Chick fil A. Chick fil A. Yeah, I, I, that's just—it's an absurd range that they've giving for for should and should be. But honestly, what it really comes down to is is aiming for body fat percentage. We're all doing mostly for slight vanity and to to fit in. And I'm not saying vanity with a negative connotation here either, because I feel like it's very important for people to feel comfortable in their own skin. Now we need to kind of shed off that that social media fitness model. Um, view that a lot of us are, are kind of shoved down. There's a balance to it. Yeah. But it's, it's getting healthy needs to be the, the number one goal. Um, you know, loving how you look starts inside on that journey that you're on. Cause a lot of people will spend time losing five to 10 pounds on the front end of things and be like, shit, I still have 40 fucking pounds to go. Well, okay. Hold, hold on a second though. Like you you literally just dropped 10 pounds like you're on the way and sure you've got some time to go, but look at what you just damn well. That's did. That's
2: what I was going to say. It's also perspective. Like it's, we're it's 100% saying if I'm 25% body fat looking at that, it's like, well, fuck, I'm still overweight. Right. This stuff. But I'm like, I just lost 56 freaking pounds. Yeah. So like I'm way, I'm at a way better place today than I was a year ago at this point. Right. And how do you so define better? I feel better. Yes. I'm moving better. Yes. I I I think about this all the time. You have said this on a past episode about the energy thing where I'm not like this big ball of energy all the time, but Your my battery drains further. a lot <laughs> yeah. slower. Mm-hmm.
0: And like, so this this is what I want to rewind you all the way back to when we first started. You opened with, and I believed you because you were you know running around enjoying yourself, a little social butterfly, successful business, like you were happy with where you were. Yeah, you were totally. a happy guy. I was fat and happy. Yeah, you're fat and happy. <laughs> yeah, right. So you decided like, oh, I want to I want to try this out. You know, I would like to lose some weight, and you didn't know all the other things that were going to come with it, but you were fairly happy, which is perspective. Okay. So your perspective and your mindset. On, and it's so cliche. Everybody gets hammered with mindset all the damn time. But it's because it's true. Like, if you can be happy where you are on your journey, you cannot look a year down the road and be like, I am only going to be happy when I get this body fat yeah. percentage. I think or,
1: happiness is one of the very few things that we always have control over.
0: You do. You yeah. 100% do.
1: A lot of times, like, you, you know, you don't know what could happen to you. You could be in some accident the very next yeah. day. But you still get to choose your mind state in that particular situation. 100%. So, yeah. And you get, to, you get to, to choose
0: to. whether to get the fuck back up and go chase that happiness again and be in a good mindset while you are going through shit. And that's not to say that or, or trivialize what anybody's going right, through. Exactly. There are some horrible fucking things that happen to people out there. But you can let those things end you or you can find a way, whether it's with help, whether it's with therapy, whether it's talking to, to friends or something, to to hopefully find a way to to wrap your head around that so that you come through the other side, yeah. And if when and if you do, you will be stronger for it. It's the same for this this fitness journey with everything yeah. you've learned on this path. One, you're literally stronger for it, but but two, you're more durable, you're more disciplined, you're more ready to take on whatever else comes your way. You have a lot of like you know type A personality people who are just. Out there and successful and working long hours and their health is deteriorating. Well, how long do you think you're gonna be able to keep up that pace if you're letting the one thing that you're literally gonna have for the rest of your life go to shit? Yeah. yeah, totally.
2: Um, I just wanted to touch what we were talking about, that happiness about happiness in general. So, yeah, I was fat and happy and now I'm thinner and happy, but I don't want to say that like I wasn't happy and look back because I feel like a lot of people do that. They're like, Oh, I must have, I wasn't happy. Like, no, I was, I would have been okay. We would still, you know,
3: yeah.
2: be I would be good. It would have been good to go. But now that I've gotten here, I realize the difference. And I'm still happy, but happier about how I am not negating that. Like, I feel like if you say you're happier, that means you were terrible and sad and miserable on no, the other no, side. No, no. And no, I'm just saying, I think that's people's perspective. Like when I you agree. find something that's a little bit happier, that doesn't mean that what you had is miserable. So we're not saying that you're at a miserable place right now. And obviously something in you was thinking about even the idea of getting in shape. There's something that's bugging you even a little bit because that's how I was. That I even talked to Mike and approached Mike about this whole process was there's that li- at least a little piece of me that's like, you know, it might be nice to n- like not get winded walking downstairs. Like that might be cool. <laughs> and so. Wait, you get winded walking downstairs? That's what I was trying to say. Is it's oh, that ba- It was that bad yeah. at, the, at one point. But it, I was like, yeah, that, it might be cool to, you know, be able to play with my kids for longer than 30 seconds and not <laughs> yeah. be like, uh, uh. <laughs> like, yeah. so let's check it out. And if you're listening to this podcast, you obviously are having those same th- creeping thoughts and mentality. So it's not that you have to be completely miserable and hit the bottom. It's not addiction that you're trying to break and you have to hit bottom before you can get over it. But making different choices... To lead to a better place, even though you're happy, it can be better. It's seeking growth in all things. Yes.
0: Yeah. And, and it doesn't have to be massive growth in, in any one jump. And on the same note too, like some people listening may be at that rock bottom. So if you could beat rock bottom, great. But if you're there as well, like you're gonna have a huge emotional tie into your change. You just need the path and you just need to alter that mindset. And again, the, the alteration of the mindset does not have to happen overnight. It's small, consistent changes done over a long period of time, which is called what, people?
1: Um, it's
0: called- what is our number one rule on everything? Think gym wise. <laughs> It's tiny. obviously not that good of a rule. I this rule sounds yeah, this is, is a terrible rule. Progressive <laughs> overload oh, oh, oh. in all things. I see. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Literally yeah. Okay. in all things. Okay. Because it the the same mindset that you use in the gym. <laughs> I was
2: like, I don't know what you want from <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, the Both problem is I, I know you guys know other. this one
0: too, but we haven't drilled it enough. <laughs> we were looking at each other and we we're like, oh. <laughs> um, yeah, you know what we
1: do know? Like I just listened to the one podcast that came out. Yesterday, we do know exactly how Mike wants his compliments delivered. <laughs> yeah. So we have that now. Two weeks I
0: already forgot that. It's
1: ruggedly handsome. Damn right it is. See, <laughs> See you drilled that War in us, Michael. Ridiculous.
0: <laughs> so once you
2: then make that mindset, <laughs> it gets confusing. You're working hard and now we're at the different stages. We talked about bulking a little bit and we about strongman and kind of the difference between trim. But how do I know now? Right. Now that I've gotten th- to this point now, how do I know when to switch to a bulk or when? I mean, I know I've or I've known because you're like, do this.
1: Yeah, I would like to talk about that a little bit, right? Because let's talk about how to know when to bulk. What What have I accomplished at this point, right? Like maybe I've dieted already and I've lost a considerable amount of weight. And now I'm like, you know what? I want to put some muscle on. I want that to be my primary focus. And so maybe I need to do a bulk. Right. How do I get into that? And what I have do to say I do? Though, what are
2: the There is definitely a fear of that idea in general. I, think I that just that, me lost too. a ton of weight <laughs> and I'm like, yo, the just that phrase bulk. I was like, I just lost all the bulk. Yeah. I don't want more bulk. <laughs> right. Which for me right now, that's why like I kind of slipped into this maintenance. I was like, I just I don't even know this body. Yeah. I still look in the mirror Every day and look at that person and go, I can't believe I'm looking like that's me.
1: That's one of the most impressive things to me about bodybuilders is that they do this in cycles, right? They like do a bulk and they know that they're going to put on some fat while they put on some muscle. And then they do a cut and they lose the fat and they like go into it with confidence knowing that they're going to be able to pull it off. Whereas it kind of freaks me out. It probably freaks you out. It probably freaks the general public out. (laughs) Yeah. To be like, all right, I'm going to. Feel like it undoes what I've done, but that's not the general concept. Mike, uh, but help us. Once
2: you do one cycle, wouldn't it get easier then I mean, in I general? So, but
1: so I like, just people like just like were they
0: scared <clears throat> the first cycle? where they were also oh, like? Sure. Yeah, I got, that's news, what I, mean. I got news for you. They're scared every cycle.
2: Yeah, really.
0: They all hate to put that back on. You got to understand too in in bodybuilding culture. Now, I think. By, From, like, a lot of influencers and and well-known people who aren't pushing good information, bodybuilders get a a lot of shade thrown at them because they don't – a lot of people don't consider it, like, an athletic sport, and you're going up and down for, for vanity, and that's the kind of stuff that gets thrown at them, and they're miserable while they're doing it a lot of people in the bodybuilding industry have had some body dysmorphia and still have body dysmorphia. It
1: feels like a good field for body dysmorphia. Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, And you know, so it's the people who were, might've been picked on while they were little and skinny and hated who they were or had eating disorders or, so we need to look at this. One, my, my main rule for how I approach anybody again is don't be an asshole. Like, why throw judgment towards somebody where you have no clue the path that they've yeah, walked? Totally. And so on that same note, some people may have just gotten into it because they they are interested in it. But you don't know where somebody's come from. That's so if true, they've right? conquered an, an eating disorder or they were really, really heavy and they had to figure out how to get out of that and they acquired discipline to do it and now they're just killing it.
1: Yeah, they've conquered it so much that now they can go into mm-hmm. it by putting weight on, dropping weight off. Like yeah. They really have a they've, control it. They've over mastered there, is, this physique that yeah, for a, years a they win. felt
0: no control over. And that's huge for people. Yeah. But you got, a lot of times it has come out of, of somewhere insecure. And even the most successful ones, like I've had conversations with a few people, they hate coming out of that lean phase and going into a bulk, but they know they need to do it.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's probably it's 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 a little bit of a mental fuck,
0: right? So it's our mere mortals you have are scr- to do it. Us mere mortals are screwed, and that's yeah. what I'll all. No, say. They, but basically it. Needs to be done with with knowledge. All right. So we'll start on the top end. We'll go with we'll go with bulking. Okay. All right. Yeah. So now, whether you are cutting, maintaining, or bulking, this is highly individualized. There is no set body fat percentage that you have to aim for. There is no set body weight. There is no. It's literally about what you see in the mirror when you're looking accurately. Does that make sense? Highlight that in funhouse mirrors. What you're saying? (laughs) (laughs) Like what? (laughs) I mean. I mean, don't go and look at the mirror with emotional eyes at that point. If you're still hating where you're at and trying to make a decision you're you're not in the right mindset if that makes sense so
2: should you be using the mirror or should you be using measurements No, you should be using the mirror
0: and so I'll, and I'll tell you I'll tell okay. you why yeah okay if like let's let's use you for an example all right you've you've dieted down you know you've done it in a healthy way you've given your body everything it needs to to thrive while cutting body fat um, when you look in the mirror now you're enjoying what you're seeing past what you've gone you don't have this this big negative mindset of yourself with this negative view when you look at yourself. You can look at yourself now, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You can look at yourself. uh,
1: Positively.
0: Not positively, more realistically. It's a different word I want. It'll probably come to me here in 30 seconds. You can look at yourself more realistically, non-judgmentally, and be like, oh, you know, I would like to improve this a little bit. And and this I could change. I'd like to be a little bit bigger here. But these are likes. It's not like, man, I, I hate the way I look. I really need to change this, et cetera, et cetera. So you were looking at yourself more realistically at this point as opposed to emotionally. Okay. And that's the real mindset you have to, to have to make accurate body changes that are going to benefit you. So now when you get to a point of your leaning out phase, we're like, all right, I feel, I feel pretty good here. You know, I may not be shredded. I may not be jacked, but that's because I know I need to put on a little bit of muscle. So you have two options at this point. I know I said we're going to bulking, but a lot of times there's overlap. You could, in order to train yourself and realize that, because the bulking can be a mind fuck. You're like, shit, I I really don't want to put the body fat back on, because you will. At best, you're going to put on two-thirds-ish muscle and a third body fat as you bulk. That's that's rough percentages there. Um, So if you're not ready for that, then you would go to maintenance and do a body recomposition, which means you still keep your protein fairly high, you up your calories, so most of your your changes, you're still gonna burn a little bit of fat as you go, and you're gonna put on some muscle at the same time. Now, this is a much slower process than either bulking or cutting, but you can do this Forever. So if you're patient with yourself, you're pretty content with where you're at. And hell, we're coming up on summer now. Coming up on summer might be a good time to maintain or do a body recomp because then you get through the summer without putting on a shit ton of body fat. You'll probably drink a little bit more, you'll be out with friends a little bit more. And so maintaining is a a great place to be, interspersed with you know some cut just to, to make sure you don't go overboard. But once you get to a place now through that zone, or you've dieted down to where, you know, I've got abs, I feel pretty good, but I'm a little scrawny, let's put on some muscle. That's a great time to, to legitimately bulk. Now, if you have fairly good definition, you can do a lean bulk, and I'll cover that in a second, and then continue to bulk until you're like, okay, my definition is blurring a little bit, let me do a, a quick cut just to bring that back down, you know, two to four weeks-ish, and then I'm going to keep building some muscle. So building muscle is a very slow, long-term process, but it doesn't have to come with a lot of body fat gains, not stuff that you can't just take off fairly quickly. Now, the way you do a lean bulk as opposed to what we've been Ooh. talking about with the, the power build, power, the or power lifters and strongmen, your body has what's called maximum muscular potential. You can only put on so much muscle over the course of, we'll just call it a month at this point, right? So if you can only put on, say, we'll call it two pounds of muscle for which If you're beginning lifter, you can put on three to five plus, depending on. But let's just call in it. a month? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. But you got, you got to put in the work and you got to put in the food. So let's just say you're looking to put on two pounds of, of muscle for the month. All right? You know, a, a pound of, of muscle is going to be about 3,500 calories, right? There's numbers that change in and out. We're just using these for easy calculations. Heard. Okay? So we need 7,000 extra calories for the month. 7,000.
1: Oh, well, this is a good way to look at this.
0: Yeah. So 7,000 calories over maintenance. Can I just eat that on the first day and just glide through the rest? Is that <laughs> how that pops <laughs> up? Is that good? 7,000 extra calories for the month, right? So do you need to eat 4,000 calories a day to, to gain that kind of muscle? Yeah, no. no, you're going to weigh overshoot. You'll put on all the muscle that you wanted for sure, yeah. but you're also going to put on some body fat.
2: So is that when you're saying that they want to hit all maximized gains is so seven thousand is like the perfect mark, but if I'm a like a strong man and I don't want to leave any bits, instead of eating seven, they'll eat nine. These guys are also
1: training a fucking lot. So like the extra food gives them the extra energy that they need to like do some shit. So that's that's perfect calculations. Perfect world.
0: Yeah. yeah, So what I tend to do is I'll eat about five hundred extra calories a day. So by the end of a, of a week, you've eaten 3,500 more calories over maintenance. And so you're going to put on you know, a good deal of muscle at that point without going way, way overboard to put on a bunch of fat. But for me, I am lean enough to be like, okay, cool. I'm, I'm done bulking. Let me cut this back down, and then I'll continue bulking. And this can be, when you're in that spot, you can literally do that forever. And it, it kind of should be the goal until you're just like, well, I don't really want to get any bigger, but I want to still maintain where I'm at. And the key word there is "maintain." Now yeah, you get yeah, to eat yeah. maintenance forever at that point, or you go through the holidays, and you're like, ah, "Okay, mini cut to take that <laughs> yeah, off." Yeah yeah, things like that, but January
2: is going to be the cut month. <laughs> the
0: but cut that's month. that's the spot that ideally we all want to be in. You want to approach the holidays or summer or whatever, enjoying where you're at, because then you know you can just kind of go off the rails, put on two, three, four, five pounds of body fat, and know you can take that off in under a month, if not a month, depending on how lean you are. That's so it.
1: Does knowing your maintenance help in this particular scenario? 100%. Yeah. If you it's do it's not so know your maintenance,
0: do. you can't efficiently bulk or cut yeah. or maintain.
1: <laughs> I think f- determining <clears throat> your maintenance is, is challenging as well.
0: Well, just, just like anything else, deciding whether or not a program works for you or a calorie deficit works for you or your macros or whatever, you need to do them for two to four weeks. And change nothing. It takes that consistency, and that's a lot for people to wrap their minds around. So, if you eat the same calories, roughly, for two to three weeks, and your body weight does not change at all, guess where you're at?
1: Yeah, maintenance. You're
0: at maintenance. If you're gaining weight, guess what? You're in a calorie surplus. So let's drop two to three hundred calories off a day, and see if that maintains. Question. Yo. So,
2: all these numbers are cool, and your maintenance, and all of this, but. What happens, so like we said, we're going in the summer, Mm -hmm. and for me personally, my schedule changes, Mm -hmm. and I am just way more active, as you've seen, I'm sure, that my steps are like way higher than they have been. Part of that is I'm trying to be more active, but that also then messes with that calculation, correct? Of course. Because the more now that I'm moving, that even means I have to take in more More calories calories. because I've increased what my baseline maintenance is. Correct. So...
0: But, but for see so you're you're so yeah you're overcomplicated a <laughs> yeah, little it bit a it's not there's there's very very simple underlying concepts because yeah. you th- you threw in something that's a a you know complicating factor however you're never going to be upset if you stayed lean and didn't put on quite as much muscle as you wanted to for a given month right.
2: Yeah, I'm not. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah.
0: that's my point. For you, it doesn't need to be very complicated. Where it gets complicated is for somebody who needs to maximize muscle for being on stage or mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you know yeah. something like that. So we're talking about the extra handful like of percentage. It, it. So yeah, yeah. That's for a the big average difference. person, you can make these changes. Are you losing a little weight? Okay, you're a little below maintenance. Are you gaining a little weight? Okay, you're you're above maintenance. But you're still hovering around that same area. It doesn't have to be so precise unless you're training for something. And what's hard, too, with the
2: gaining the weight or you losing weight thing, because as we've talked about, you if you're going to do that, you almost have to weigh yourself every day if you're trying to figure it out because you also have to understand the water
0: weight thing. You either do that or you weigh yourself in a specific way. So for the longest time... And, again, it was over the weekend, but you can pick two days that you have, you know, high protein, a little bit lower carb, flush the water weight, and then weigh yourself uh, after that two days and do that consistently every week. Now, this is a slightly more complicating factor, but you're weighing yourself in basically the same setup. So you do it once a week and get that or you weigh every day and take the average and don't stress about the jumps and and dips on a daily basis. Yeah,
2: because it's that it's that jumping that like if. I think about that all the time that I'm like, well, I, if I'm only weighing myself every so often, I'm going to be like, crap, I, ob- I'm obviously eating too much food, but I ate a donut yesterday or I ate a pack right. of donuts, you know, whatever, <laughs> um, you yes, know, whatever. you know, whatever. <laughs> um, and so today all of a sudden my weight jumped. So now that I'm eating closer to maintenance, I've realized that I've, from I weighed myself a few times, I'm not weighing myself nearly as often, but I'm weighing myself as, as I'm still weighing myself. The jumps are bigger. Remember, what I was saying I'm only changing oh, yeah. about one or two pounds. Like the water weight yep. thing was not as drastic right. when I was in the deficit. It is way more drastic. So remember, remember,
0: I told you my water weight fluctuates yeah. like three to eight pounds on any that's given day. That's about where I'm at now. Yeah,
2: that's about how
0: much my and, and that's okay. And that's why it's it better freaked to weigh me out at first because I was like, holy! Because it was such and this a is funny. Jump. even after a year, the scale is freaking you out. Like well, you know that, and this is okay because is, you
2: can still gain weight. I'm not. And I, it, I was, but not that much, and you
0: know that. You know what I mean. Yeah, but it's yeah, it's still, I'm saying it's it. it's still okay because like, I
2: wasn't doing that much water weight of, and so I didn't think I would do that much water right. weight. And, and I, so I just, when it jumped that much, I was like,
0: "Fuck, how, what the hell did I do?" So my, my newest client is is not a big guy, you know, but he but he wanted to actually cut, and he had those those dips and raises, and you know, he sent a comment on on body weight. He was like, you know, was, I'm a little frustrated. I didn't expect to, I did really well, and I didn't expect my weight to go back up. And I was like, listen here. And I literally took a picture of your year, and brought that over and, and posted it in the thing. I'm like, you know, on the scale, it's not linear. It's a data point, it goes mm-hmm. up and down. Like the very literally, it was like the next day he's down three or four pounds with that what whoosh effect. Yeah, and it's so even a year into the mix, you, there's still a little emotional tie, and that's completely natural. But you've also changed going from cutting to maintenance. So you, yeah. in your head, you're like. Well, this is a different factor. So now yeah, yeah, maybe totally. maybe and I can put on 5 pounds of fat overnight. It's I'm, not
2: even emotional that I'm that. like, "Oh my gosh," but it it is one of those that's like, "Well, sh- well just made you pause that's for bigger. a second. Yeah, I yeah. was like, "Whoa, that's it was more than I like most of the time I've been anticipating body. So I'm like, "Oh, it's up a pound. I'm up 3 pounds." Like <laughs> I wasn't ready for it to jump. It j- literally jumped I think about 8 pounds. Yeah. And I was like, Uh, I know there's a big water thing here, but did I gain like three pounds? Like I didn't (laughs) think it was like a lot. Like I didn't think it was like I gained all eight pounds. No, I know, but think about yourself as a few pounds. As such
0: a numbers guy, what what? would you have had to do in order to gain three pounds of body fat overnight?
2: No, it wasn't overnight. It because I hadn't weighed myself in like a couple weeks. Because oh, I had, it was oh, like okay. it was gotcha. like gotcha. yeah it was like two or three weeks that I hadn't weighed myself. Yeah, I had this one gap where I just hadn't weighed myself. Then I was like, ah, I should really get back into weighing myself more regularly. Yeah, and then I was like, whoa! And then I weighed myself <laughs> regularly after that, and I was like, let me, I, I just gotta
0: so I we weighed myself, yeah.
2: and then it dropped like five pounds like the next day. I've never two. been
1: good at weighing myself consistently. It's,
0: yeah, it,
1: oh my god, it has to be a routine.
0: Myself. It has to be the same time of day, which is generally why I just have somebody get up. You're gonna go to the bathroom anyways.
2: Yeah, that's
1: why right I think like I need to put the, put the scale, scale by the coffee. Because I just do not think of shit until I get to the coffee.
2: <laughs> do you not go to the bathroom immediately when I you do wake up? I do,
1: absolutely. I wake up and pee, but I don't think about anything.
2: And, and I'm blind
1: it? when I wake up I do have my glasses on I'm I mean, like not
0: thinking By the, cof- by front the front coffee the, is fine In front of
2: the <laughs> toilet So you have to be on it's it It's literally in front get, of the no, toilet You no, 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 no. would even trip over it
0: If you adjust <laughs> it too much <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you no, don't Put it by problem. the coffee Maybe you, you should Literally while it. you're waiting For it to brew anyway Just step on it I know isn't
1: that wild But I have a scale in my exactly. kitchen That'd be weird
0: Listen, most of the stuff we do is weird That's for true. the general population. That's you true. count your calories, just so weird. I would have thought you this was You measure things, crazy. it's so weird. Yeah, but I'm, I'm happy. A so. year yeah.
2: ago, I would have thought it was so crazy. Yep. I remember judging people and looking at them being like, Ugh, you're so obsessive. Like, get over it. Who cares? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, it was more like this. <laughs> 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 As I shoved a chicken wing in my face.
0: That's um <laughs> Stop! Slow down! Don't go up the stairs too quick. Okay, yeah. so I feel
1: like that's a good overview of bulking and a little bit of maintenance, maintenance too. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's talk about cutting. cutting. How do people know when they should cut and how to go about that? Because I feel like people often overdo it. I think that's a big thing that people will often overdo, and it's hard to stay because on a cut if you're ever only, doing that's it. That's
0: only that's only what they know how to do at that point. All right, and, and that's good. I was going to bring up cutting. And sometimes you get excited about the cut that you stay in, like
2: oh, I. I because the emotional state for me was so much different. Than I was like, "Ooh, I lost more weight." Ooh, we I mean we were talking about it and I getting you get about addicted it. to that. Yeah, it's yeah. like
1: cutting, and then we always say like, "Oh, I'm on a cut," but like when you have a ton of weight to lose, it's like less of a cut. You're just kind of like losing weight. For me, right. when I think of a cut, I'm like, "Look, you're somewhere where you're like kind of close to whatever you're trying to you're do." Starting to
0: uncover definition. Yeah, actual you're, and cut, you're trying yeah. to drop like
1: that's, those last couple of pounds or whatever right. the hell. Right, that's that's when cutting is hard. Because it then is. <coughs> your you body's are- almost
0: fighting back against you at that. Yeah. Point. All right. So cutting is, is the easiest one to know when to start. Because you're you're not happy with your body composition. That doesn't have to mean that you're not happy with your life, but you're like, I, I would like to to lose this. I would like to get more definition. I would like to get rid of stomach or or saddlebags or you know, something like that. And then you begin your cut. Now, oftentimes what a lot of people do is they will do this aggressively to do it quickly. The general general rule for for losing 1% of your body weight weekly is a very safe initial start. Now you can mitigate that with increasing protein above the bare minimum, um, making sure you're getting mostly whole food sources, and then you can cut a little more aggressively. But sticking with anywhere between, depending on how heavy you are, like if you are, you know, if you have 30 to 40% body fat, I could cut somebody like that at a... A, a pretty f- mean. A pretty mean deficit. deficit looking yeah. for a two to three pounds a week. For somebody... That's what I was at, right? When we started? Initially.
2: Uh, how far? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You were.
0: I had you on about a thousand calories. I had you on about a 30% deficit.
2: That's how big of a... Wow. Yeah. I, I mean, I knew nothing about the numbers. So I guess... Oh, that's true, because I'm eating now at maintenance correct. what I was eating correct when I start holy crap. <laughs> I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Like until thirty this, percent this I moment. had you on
0: of what it took you to maintain the size that you were at.
2: Yeah, because I'm eating the same calories that. now that I was when you then first when dieting, I started right? dieting. Yep. Yeah.
1: Wow, that's wild. It makes you think of how many calories excessively you were just that's eating. That's
0: what I'm
2: thinking about. Yeah. Holy crap. And
0: the even difference. on accident, because uh, to a to a T, everybody I sit down with initially, they're like, I'm eating pretty clean. I know what I'm doing here. And, you know, I'm just, I try and I eat on the run. I almost, I really almost never eat. And I'm looking at the person. I'm like, my dude, you are 70 pounds overweight. You are finding it. Jeez. Somewhere. Yeah. So I don't, I hear your words, but there's something you're not telling me or yourself at this point. I didn't
2: think I was eating
0: pretty good at that point at no, any but, stage,
2: but there are people who tell are me like that.
1: overweight and a lot of their fucking calories comes from liquid.
2: Correct. Yeah. Which
1: is the one like thing that your body salad, doesn't tell and they you. Or they have a salad and they like, drench it in dressing. Like, you, there's those little things that people
2: just don't think about. I, there yeah, are. I didn't realize that. That was one of the biggest eye-opening things to me when I started. When it was just looking up how many calories were in things, I was like, yeah. holy crap, why am I eating this? And then this? you got, you got yeah. your
0: bites, licks, and tastes. Little yeah. things you just kind of do as you go through the day that literally add up. But things
2: that just aren't worth it. Like There's things that I kind of liked yeah. that I was like, I eat it because it's the- available. Mm-hmm. And then I realized how awful it was. And I was like, <laughs> I don't know like this enough to eat this right like that's not worth it and again this
0: this is something I've I've got a client today that I need to sit down with who's who's having a harder time finding the deficit and so it's gonna it's gonna kind of come down to thinking about things from from that aspect and making sure that literally a hard hard rule when you first start has to be to track Every single thing that you put in, in your, your face. mouth, yeah. Because what you do find, and we've all been through this this zone, is you're like, oh shit, I got to put that in there. Nah, it's not worth it. And then you kind of move on. There's a there's a certain time that you get to that point where you're like, yeah, I really don't enjoy this enough to kind of fuck up my day, and I have to track it. Yeah, I'm good. And you just sort of move on with your life. And then that that ball kind of picks up steam speed as it goes down the hill thing. There's an Moss analogy there <laughs> somewhere. I like yeah. your idea, Christy. We've <laughs> yeah. talked about that before, where f- to find your what yeah, you're but, currently
2: yeah. taking is just journal it. Just write it down. Yeah. Don't actually look at the calories because if you as see soon as cal- you know
1: the calories, you're it gonna, changes start, your gonna Start fucking it up. You're yeah. gonna
2: start eating differently just yeah. immediately. Yeah, just that by is knowing. definitely
1: the best way to find your maintenance would be that you write or f- what write, your current. Yeah, what you're currently eating. Sorry, yes, not your maintenance. Right, yeah, right? Not maintenance, Your starting point because the more food you eat, the more food you get to eat.
2: I wish I would have. <laughs> you know, I wish I would have done that. I
1: wish I would have done that. That's why I preach it all the time.
2: I can't believe <laughs> what I was eat like. Uh, yeah, just I wish idea. that we had done
1: that, Victor, because I would have loved to have known, like, really, how many fucking calories you were just intaking. On
0: I would day. love to know that. I mean, I'm so numbers. We, I, I love all the based data. Based off the, numbers. Of the, the poundage we got off of you, you were you were close to the four thousand calorie range a day. Yeah, yeah. Because oh, like delicious. even now, I know, right? <laughs>
1: yeah,
2: even now, I did, th- I did that yesterday at twenty four <laughs> hundred calories. I feel like like I'm
0: gorging myself. Yeah. Because, because you're, right oh. you're mostly choosing whole foods, You're eating food the right sources. foods. It yeah. makes a big difference. Yeah. Okay, well, so ish. I'm cutting. Yeah.
1: Um, let's figure out what, what is the best way. So, like, we talked about you could do a pretty heavy deficit, you right, can. if yeah. you had someone who needs to lose a ton of weight. What if someone is trying to lose a much smaller amount of weight? How deficit should they – they know their maintenance. How many calories under their maintenance should they eat?
0: Um, again, you can still shoot for, uh, you base it off of the amount of poundage you want to lose per week is a way to to really think about it. So if somebody on a normal fat loss journey is doing a pound per week Mm -hmm. and somebody's already pretty lean, they just need to eke out that last few, well, maybe only do half a pound a week, which means your total deficit just has to be about 1,750 calories for the week. For the week. So in theory, then
2: you're constantly so you about
0: 250 calories a day at that zone. Okay. Sorry. Go ahead.
2: Yeah, yeah, no, you're good. You're constantly trying to get me to do a 24 hour fast. Why would you just not do a 24 hour fast and don't and then that's
0: literally the, those you calories. Like you for, could
1: do that. Sure. You literally can. Yeah.
0: That is a way of doing it. The reason I want you to do a 24 hour fast is because it's really fucking enlightening. Because you find that during that that time period, you're going to have cravings that creep up, but they don't last more than 20, 30 minutes, and then they go away. You're like, oh, shit, I'm not actually hungry. And it really, really teaches you what actual hunger signals are. I think I've unintentionally, I mean,
2: not to use the cliche term, not even the cliche, but the intermittent fasting, yeah. where I've gone like through meals when I was like, it's time to eat, I got stuff to do, like... Am I really that hungry? And I've just kind of gone. It's like, yeah. I haven't done like a 24-hour thing, but like 15 hours but you, or but whatever. But you've also done it
0: on accident. And I think there's a really important distinction between choosing to do something and just happen, happening to be productive so enough where that the appetite you weren't goes able away. Eat. So it wasn't always yeah. by accident.
2: <clears throat> there were times like, like today. Uh, last night, I had a few beers. And so this morning, I'm pushing off eating anything. Right because I'm trying to compensate for the fact that I ate or that I drank alcohol last night. Right. So I haven't eaten. Usually I'll have eaten at least a a protein bar by now. Right. But I'm trying to push that off. So I was hungry, and so I do feel that, and then, like, it's gone now. Yeah. Which... I feel like you're trying to weasel out
0: of a 24-hour fast, and that's fine. He's weaseling.
1: I hear him weaseling, yeah.
2: I'm saying that I've had some experience... It's
1: just that that, like I haven't eaten today either, and I went to bed before you, and I didn't drink any beer. So
0: same, actually. Chrissy, what kind of fasting experience do you have?
1: Oh, one time, Michael. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't eat for three days. I believe
0: it was actually eighty hours.
1: (laughs) It was a long time, and I wanted to die. But you know what? (laughs) 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 Eighty
2: hours. I learned a lot. Eighty hours. Michael made me do it. That
0: was part of the the ten days, ten pounds of fat loss challenge. I know. Do not listen to this podcast. But <laughs> he is how much fat lost? How much fat did, did you lose? I did. I lose it? a lot. I lost a lot. Eight pounds. I lose, I the lot. Lot. I the lose lost, a lot? I females a All of the, the lot. females to a T lost eight pounds of pure body fat, and all the males lost ten pounds of, of pure body yeah, fat. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't recommend the, In uh, 80 the hours? way we did no, it. No, 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 no.
0: <laughs> ten days. It was ten days, ten pounds of fat loss. I put every single science-backed fat loss hack into a well-rounded program. just It was nuts. It was brutal. We no.
1: only could do it because it was COVID and everything was on lockdown. Correct. And we, had and we all kind of did to it
0: together and I kept everybody moving.
1: <laughs> yeah. We like all, oh, we walked all together. Like it was, we, the only way we would have gone through were, that is because it? we Eight. had enough people. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Eight of you. Mm-hmm. Eight of
2: us. And everyone lost the exact same no, amount No, the boys lost more It was weird.
0: Eight pounds for every female and yeah. 10 pounds for every male. Yeah. Yeah. A, a pure fat not water weight this was fat that we had no water weight left i looked left.
1: great i was yeah. hungry but i looked good yeah. i looked
0: good was <laughs> no, we man hungry. was i
3: looking good
1: <laughs> but it was fun cuz after you didn't eat for 3 days when you got to eat like chicken for the first time you were like oh, fuck man. yeah <laughs> That was fucking a great
2: chicken did <laughs> <laughs> you go into a bulk then right after that because you had leaned so much
1: um i didn't we I didn't
2: really plan I don't it i think yeah after we were just point. winging it
1: i don't know what the hell yeah. happened after that
2: cuz that like like I, we talked about before where when you did your Fit to Fat, like that was probably an <laughs> awesome bulk opportunity.
0: It was, but here that was the thing. I put on so much body fat so quickly. I wasn't motivated to work I out. get tired. I didn't feel well. I didn't sleep well. I had heartburn, low motivation, low libido, reflux. Yeah, I, it was too acute for me to, to – too acute of uh, – of a, a bulk.
1: It was too heavy well, of a bulk should, too yeah. quickly to really take advantage.
0: Yeah, and all those negative, negative symptoms came on so acutely that so I— So don't think the more you eat, the bigger you get with muscle. Yeah. That's not no. how it works. You yeah. want the, the bare minimum you can get away. It's kind of like training. The, the least amount of working out to force an adaptation. It's the same thing for eating. The least amount of food you can take in to force the maximum adaptation of muscle growth, that's the way you want to look at it. Now, again, if you're hopping on stage and you have plenty of time out, sure, you'll go a little bit over that. You don't have to go a lot over that. This is where I think uh, the old school mentalities in bodybuilding yeah, like, are like, still a like lost. Um,
1: starting strength where it's like, fuck, <clears throat> eat all the fucking food. And it's look like, get like, all like, the eggs. There are the some little dudes that are super Margaret skinny. Mark is trying
0: to get everybody to drink a, a gallon of a milk m- a, day a day to day, do it. Yeah. I'm like, Mark, your training is phenomenal, but you look like a fucking bowling ball on he, wheels. He do. Like, I'm not going to take your nutrition info. I just won't yeah, do it.
1: Yeah, and like, look, I get it. He's talking about like, and we've all had those friends that are like rail, <clears throat> rail thin, yeah. and it's really, really, really hard for them to put weight on, yet alone put muscle on. And so, like, sure, man, those guys probably I have a, a, a buddy who did it. You know, he used to drink so much fucking milk and shit mm-hmm. just to just to get big, and he got big. He got. Oh, yeah. He looks good. You know. But like that's such a small percentage. I found even of the, the, the one or two
0: percent had much more favorable macros for me. If I'm going to drink a gallon of milk, it was going to be the one percent that literally had the favorable. protein-to-carb-to-fat Yeah, protein I'll take the protein without without all yeah. the fat things. And now yeah. Carb Master, whew. no.
2: <laughs> Yo, I drink God. a lot of milk. I I keep saying oh, I this all milk. the time. I can't believe how much I
1: had milk last night. You know what I did? I did the Victor milk. last I also night. Had oh, a, milk last I had a I had a Fit Crunch and a chocolate, a glass of chocolate milk last night. Isn't oh. it an
2: awesome late night?
0: That's pretty good. I don't I,
1: think my stomach loves the Fit Crunch. I had, had two quart
0: good. apples oh. and half a jar of the major jar of peanut butter and then a glass of milk. Wow. Yeah. I had One a of the bunch of beers gifs. and some wings. That yeah, right. sounds good too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it does. That's it. and I, I start, I've gone back to drinking liquor when I go out for the evening like that. Because if it's straight liquor, I'm not going to drink it fast. Mm-hmm. So I'll sip on it. I still have some in my hand. It lasts longer. It's a little too rough to just chug at that point. Yeah. It's, I right. can't it, it puts the brakes on you. It does drink. <laughs> like, I
2: have to do beer. Because I'm one of those people that I just constantly, when I have a beverage, mm-hmm. I'm just constantly taking sips of it.
0: That's I'm what I make a point to set it, it down because emotionally you still you're tied Mike's to like, that. Mike's like
1: roofie me, baby. <laughs> 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 yeah. you're Drinks in available in a social <laughs> scenario.
0: So even if your drink is set down for just a couple minutes within eyesight, yeah, you're still attached to that drink. You still technically have something in your hand. Does yeah. that make sense? I don't know. I, I drink feel like so there's a lot more bad bar. decisions <laughs> wrapped up with liquor yeah. than
2: there is with beer. So that's Unless really, you're sipping on it, not yeah. taking
0: shots. I'm just saying. I'm just saying, too. You had a hard time losing weight before I came along. Maybe you change your drink a little bit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I feel like liquor probably does a little bit of like a, almost like a cutting effect it for is. you, right? You're going to get a, like a diuretic
0: beer. effect wake yeah. up a little. Yeah, sometimes I wake up, I'm like, I'm drinking again tonight. <laughs> 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 Every night. <laughs> so the... So, liquor has a different effect than the beer? You're getting more alcohol in it, and it has a a diuretic effect.
1: And it's probably less calorie-dense than
0: most beer. It's about the same as light beer. It's roughly the same. Like, a shot or an ounce and a half of liquor is about... Well, actually, it's a little less. Oh, no. A shot... uh, Damn it. (laughs) (laughs) One and a half ounces (laughs) is about 90 to 100 calories of liquor, and a light beer is anywhere from 90 to 100 calories. What's your
1: beer of choice when you're drinking? Of
0: course, light. Gross. (laughs) Gross. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Gross. <laughs> <laughs> so it's about the same calories, but you can drink the liquor longer. You're not getting the. You know, you're, getting
1: yeah, you're gonna drink one liquor drink for probably three beers or something correct. like that. So it kind of because helps like you, cut. you go
0: with Aaron and 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 what's your name again? <laughs> Howard. <laughs> nice to meet you. Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Aaron and Victor, are, you know, chugging their beers like that, and I'm literally by the end of the the last night out for pool, I had two maybe three bourbons. Yeah, that was it. Everybody else is drinking eight plus I have of their light beers. I don't
1: know how anyone drinks so much liquid.
2: I.
0: I mean, understand.
1: <laughs> a case of beer,
2: no problem. Three glasses of water. Ugh. Yeah, see, you
1: don't get that.
0: Yeah.
2: I always
1: talk about it when people go to the, bi- the the beach and they have like a whole six pack of beer. Yeah. Like, could you drink six bottles of water? Where are no. you putting this liquid? And it's, so it's, funny. it's such
0: a social thing, too. It's literally you're just doing it for the social aspect. You have to have it in your hand. You have to drink it. You've accepted this. If you had to drink water and you've accepted it, you would do more of it. Most people are like, my water. I got blah, blah. I mean, Aaron a lot says of water there's too, water in Bud Light. I mean, he's not wrong. It's like 96%.
1: He tells me that every single
2: time.
0: (laughs) So is... All right. So if there's that much water in a
2: light beer, then are you not hydrating yourself at the same time? What's a diuretic? I don't know if that works. It's a... I mean, it's
0: less... Yeah, Yeah, you still... still, I I mean, I don't get hung over. doesn't really matter how much beer I drink. So you're not wrong. You still do have a diuretic effect, but you also have the effect that you're putting a massive amount of of water Mm. in you at that point, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm just curious. Whatever, I'm not going to stop drinking beer. So no, nobody's trying to get you to you guys. I haven't idea to try and stop that for this entire year. I'm not going to stop you now.
1: Yeah, you choose, so, choose your things. So that's right, one so of your back, things. Back on the cut.
0: Back on the sorry, cut. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. So when you have really, really high body fat percentage, you can cut for a much, much longer period of time. When you need to stop a cut, the very simple one is you're as lean as you want to be. That's a great time to stop the cut. That's cool. Why Never would been you go there, past but that all right. point? <laughs> Next,
3: <laughs>
0: <laughs> for those of you,
1: That's next small next up, out which there. is
0: another easy one to go to. Is you're tired of dieting, yeah. so bump up to maintenance for a couple of weeks. I call this a diet break. Most people do. Um, I didn't invent that term.
1: Oh, like, I coined that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so you go on a, a one to two week diet break where you eat maintenance, and then you get back to it. Now, that same diet break is going to be effective for somebody who is dieted closer, a little bit longer, but closer to uh, where their body's starting to fight back. So if you found for two, three weeks-ish, your body has not lost any weight, you're not actually at maintenance yet. You just, your metabolism has dropped to match the, the ener- energy um, that it's trying to. Kind of. Yes, yes. So whoa, 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 you, whoa. Well, then how the hell do you know the difference? Well, I was going to tell you that. You just interrupted. It really what yep. happened. That's so wild. Yeah. Hector. <laughs> so if, you're metab- metab- if, you're metab- <laughs> if your metabolism drops, that means your maintenance is dropped, right?
2: Yes. Okay. Yeah.
0: So we take a diet break at that point. So two weeks of um, diet break protocol, which is increasing carbs, eating up at maintenance, um... Will kind of get your metabolism kicked back up into gear, and then with the same calorie deficit that you've been using, you could hop right back on that, and you will now start to lose weight again. So I'm, I'm
2: using information that I learned from you. I'm about to say, but there's two different types of metabolisms.
0: Yeah, look at that. You have so they're an efficient inefficient and efficient. and efficient, Correct. If you have an efficient, oh, hold on, hold on. Let oh, me see if I got it. this. Hold on. Hold, <laughs> on. hold on, hold on, hold on. It's kind of bad. I'm so here we go. Excited. Here we go. Okay.
2: So the inefficient metabolism is what we think i have because i was and you as well because inefficient because it's these sound backwards it does it sounds i was wondering if you were gonna nail it (laughs) the inefficient one means you lose weight more because your body does not catch up its metabolism as quickly because it inefficiently matches right so therefore you lose weight and it's better for weight Loss, but not good for muscle gain. Correct. Where the efficient one is your body matches more efficiently and quicker, so you don't lose weight as easily, but it's better, it's easier to get gains. Correct. Booyah!
1: Good job, buddy. I didn't know if he was gonna nail it. It was
0: very well done. <laughs> How about them apples? I'm
2: really proud <laughs> of yeah. that. Yeah, learning. so
0: you can you can cut longer with an inefficient metabolism because your metabolism does not efficiently change with the calorie deficit. So what is the most efficient way of figuring out what you have? Um time and consistency. Yeah. yeah That's literally it. You have to be far enough happens. into a cutting phase that your body is like... I can't just blow into some stick thing and it's going to tell me to what your to do. God, yeah, don't they get they me Lumen. on Lumen. <laughs> they got a Lumen Don't for get this? me started on Lumen. Those, co- those commercials are back out with a vengeance.
2: They are, I saw
0: That one, the NutriSense, and now Bionic Gym. They're all fucking with me on my phones you right now. You
2: mean I can't hack my metabolism? No.
1: Hack it, baby. Saying? Just hack your
2: metabolism. No, you it's cannot. It's easy peasy. The just fuel
0: hack it. you're burning <laughs> is in-fucking-consequential. Okay.
2: Yeah, anyway, sorry. I didn't mean to no, get fine. you fired up. So... <clears throat> But then that makes... So, that so the, knowing the diet that, break though, works, makes a big difference on all of this difference. stuff. It makes yeah. a big
0: difference. So the, the diet break is going to be effective whether or not you're you're close to being as lean as you want to be or psychologically kind of spent on dieting or, you know, you need to, to... Well, just fucking take a break from it all. So
2: let's really quick... You I guess not really quick, but let's chat then with these two different types of metabolism. Mm-hmm. How... What's the best, the most effective way? Because I guess it, if it's tough to lose weight when you have an efficient metabolism. You're going to need
0: more diet breaks if you have an efficient metabolism okay. than you would if you have an inefficient metabolism. And that's purely based off of the science and the numbers, not the psychology.
2: My metabolism must suck ass because I never had to take a diet break for an entire
0: year. Yeah, that's not sucking ass. That's great for fat loss. Yes, yeah, so that's what I'm saying. But I'm saying it's <laughs> super inefficient. Right. Like, and my- that's just the term. Like, uh, you have the ideal environment for fat loss, which honestly was your main goal. So that's yeah. a very positive thing. Just because science has decided to put the word inefficient on in something. And anywhere else in life, inefficient would be Yeah, it sounds not negative.
1: Good. Yeah, right. but it's but really... But you don't yeah. want
0: your metabolism to adapt efficiently to... to that unless you were legitimately in a famine and trying to conserve energy, but
2: now I'm gonna have trouble gaining muscle mass. No, because I don't know,
1: man. I feel like you had a lot of weight to lose, so like I don't want to just like lump your metabolism into it's totally right. inefficient or it is because you're still or working whatever. on building
0: some muscle mass and you still have body fat to lose. So I still think you have an inefficient metabolism. However, if you look at in terms of how much you are capable of eating. When you're looking to put on muscle, the only thing that, that makes it difficult to gain muscle eating the way you've been eating is you're still trying to do it with all whole foods, which takes up a lot of space and is less calorie-dense. So now you get to fit in a little bit more calorie-dense things. You can eat a little bit more guilty pleasures in, say, the evening or a snack a little bit through the day. Um, <clears throat> you don't have to stay with all you know, pure whole food choices at that point. I've been adjusting it the whole time. It hasn't gone to fall. It's not going to no, fall. No, but I'm saying, so you don't, never mind. <laughs> I had a guitar leaning next to Mike. And yeah, I've been babying it. I
2: know, and I realized right in now in that it. I was like, why don't I just put it into the stand instead of, oh.
0: yeah. There is a stand. Why didn't you put it there in the first that's place? That's
2: what I just said. I realized that I should have put it in there because I was thinking, anyway. Right. Absolutely best
1: inefficient guitar putting away. Right? Inefficient Yeah, metabolism. that's what inefficient metabolism. is Do you do bad. anything efficiently? No,
2: apparently not. <laughs> Damn. I am inefficient at everything. My body's just a little slow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Just a little slow.
1: All right. Well, I feel like I learned a good deal. Yeah. Yeah. And And, and again, to to try and simply recap that.
2: I was going to say, can you give me a quick
0: recap by three points here? I want the
1: cliff notes, Michael.
0: (laughs) Remember that, that whether you are cutting, maintaining, or bulking, highly individualized, and based off of what you realistically see in the mirror, try and pull emotions away from it and decide what you would like to do with your body as opposed to a miserable, I need to do this with my body. Right? So... After that, you just need to find maintenance, which is real easy if you're in a fat loss phase because you just start with a deficit. And if you're maintaining, you know, then you're kind of at maintenance. It takes about two to three weeks minimum to decide if the certain calories you're at is, is giving you something accurate.
2: But as you cut, then your maintenance will change.
0: If you have efficient metabolism, yeah, it can. So when you stop losing weight over the course of two to three weeks, you're going to now cut more calories or increase movement out which is why I will generally make every one to two months, I'll make uh, step increases for clients. I like to start with 8,000 steps, which is minimum for health based on studies. Then I'll go to 10,000, then 12,000. And depending on how low they get and, and how difficult of time they're having and how much free time they have, we can work to increase that further. But that's why you have to increase one side of the equation, whether it's less calories. If you can handle that, great. You've been a little stuffed. I'm like, cool, I can shave some more calories or if it's the movement out, which is still very good for you. Yeah. Kick in 15 to 20 minutes of, of cardio every other day, or just get more steps in. And again, the specific cardio, do what you semi-enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to do anything other than that.
2: Fair. All right. Um, Really quick before we go, I wanted to touch on, we've talked about it a couple weeks ago, and I don't want people to think that we completely forgot about it. Did you guys journal? No, I definitely forgot about that. Have you? Both of you? Yeah. So I did my type of journaling. We talked about that before. Like, Mm -hmm. I've used different things. So I actually bought a journal and a pen, and I did do actual journal entries a few times and realized, like, it was cool, and I really did kind of see the, the benefit of it. Um, but for me, it immediately starts turning into songs mm-hmm. and I think in songs music to and writing and songwriting to kind to of express like, yourself. Yeah. To work. Cause I feel like the whole idea of journaling is to like work through your mm-hmm. mental mm-hmm. place and just get yourself
0: reconnected or whatever. Yeah, Sometimes
1: like putting your thoughts on paper or whatever kind of helps you wrap your head around them for some reason. Yeah.
0: It slows down the thought process. You can yeah. really only focus on what you're putting out. How do you know you didn't do it? Yeah. I've read um, I've read that. I've read <laughs> that.
2: I've read in somebody else's journal and yeah. that that's what it <laughs> I read people's journals. It is what it is.
1: Um yeah, I have been journaling. I've been doing so for a while I was just doing a journal every single night like before bed. Yeah. Um which is fine and that was good too and I like that. Good brain dump. Um yeah, it was. <laughs> Recently I've been doing more of like a gym journal. So I have been writing down generally how I feel and what I've done on that day before the gym and then how I feel after the gym. I'm just trying to like figure out the things in my life that are giving me positive results. Not just the gym, but like what did I eat? Did I walk the dog? Was it raining? Yeah. Was it sunny? Was I happy when it was sunny? Like Those kinds of things just to figure out like what are my favorite things and to try to chase those things that make me happy.
0: These are a few of my favorite things. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> So I, I did,
2: like I said, we did a songwriting. I did write a couple songs. I will not share them currently on the pod. I apologize for those of you that may have been excited about that. At some point, they, I will probably release them. But
1: we got a sneak peek, working. and I was really into the <clears throat> one that we yeah. heard. So. Yeah,
2: I did let you guys listen to the little snippet of what I have so far. You snippeted us so good on one of them. So, yeah. but uh, if any of you have any journal thoughts processes or things that you like to do or do you just journal and what has it done for you i'm curious
0: i heard also
1: like other things that might be similar to journaling i'd be into well we've
0: we've touched on mindset so if anybody has things that they do to really dial in mindset and uplift like lay them on us yeah Yeah. Yeah. people
1: go color or they paint or that you know like everyone has like an outlet and i just kind of want to know what people's outlet is yeah yeah
2: what's Mm -hmm. your thing that like helps get recenter you or get your brain right yeah so cool Pod people, we love you. We appreciate you. Go get centered. Go do what you got to do, either color or whatever. Go for a run or Ew. <laughs> Ew. walk your dog or, you know, whatever whatever gets you or write a novel or a Ooh. song.
0: Yeah. God, so, Mike, you want to sing us out with a song? Aggressive. I, I don't. Do I have songs? Maybe? I don't know.
2: Do you want to s- sing me a song, s- any random <laughs> song as an Australian? Go. Oh, don't do that. I just realized (laughs) we have a lot of Australian people that listen, so I apologize if his terrible Australian accent is
0: offensive. Well, it's already too late for that. (laughs) We love you, pod people. Go on, now get...